thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Zai Gabor back again a little later here on the show. So we're moving to thought leaders, storytellers and griots and we're looking at stories that have taken place during the week. Maybe they haven't been headline stories. Maybe they have been headline stories really just to try and get an insight of what is going on and how we look at things. Critically, a story that came out of the Netherlands in the last couple of days was one where the Dutch courts have ordered Royal Dutch Shell to drastically cut their greenhouse gas emissions. So they've ordered Shell to reduce planet warming carbon emissions by 45%, and that's from 2019 to 2030. So by the time they get to 2030, they have to cut their emissions by 45%. The court orders Royal Dutch Shell to reduce CO2 emissions of the Shell Group, its suppliers and the clients of the group by net 45% by the end of 2030, relative to 2019, through the Shell Group's corporate policy. So that was the Dutch verdict in the court and it was delivered by Judge Larissa Elvin. On the line, we have Avina Jacqueline. She is Groundworks Climate and Energy Campaign Manager. Avina, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and to your listeners. Avina, let's look at this particular verdict. It is an important one. Talk to us about it. Um, yes, it is a turning point in history, actually, because it is the first time that a judge has ordered a large polluting corporation to actually comply with the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, So this case was uh, pursued with about 17,000 citizens, and it was, um, you know, the Milieu Defensi, which is Friends of the Earth Netherlands, um, that that went to court. So basically, they were ordered to cut their carbon emissions um, by about 45% by 2030. And um, if we are to meet our, um, our targets, by, you know, of the 1.5 degrees Celsius um, above pre-industrial temperatures, then we need to achieve these goals um, Avina, as quickly as possible. What What is interesting about it on so many levels is that we may very well see, for example, um, this being taken up against other energy companies as well, I should imagine. Yes, there's actually, um, in the States have, the highest number of cases uh, yep. for litigation against oil and gas uh, companies. Yep. And if we even look, you know, to our neighbours, um, in Britain, Friends of the Earth, uh, UK, filed a suit against government um, and their decision to provide one billion rand in financing so, yes, uh, for liquefied natural gas in Mozambique. Oh, OK. Sorry. I, I thought you was... <laughs> sorry. So, our neighbouring country. Yeah. OK. No, no, no. I thought when you said uh, the UK, I was like, our neighbours. <laughs> Uh, to Mozambique because they've been financing, you know, um, in southern Africa and in the southern uh, countries. So what happens is, you know, a lot of these um, oil and gas companies are heavily subsidized. There's a total of about a trillion dollars in subsidies um, globally in the oil and gas sector. So if one had to look at that type of investment that could go into cleaner technologies, um, Sure. That would be far more beneficial. So, so basically, you know, to 
to um, redirect a lot of the finances going into energy, into cleaner technologies, which are already available, um, and then to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. You know, Avina, you, you mentioned a, an important point, which was you spoke about the 1.5% in temperature, um, uh, not 1.5%, but the 1.5 degrees Celsius in temperature increase, which we are trying to avoid as per the Paris Accord. I recently heard something, and I stand to be corrected here, I thought I heard something, saying that it was too late, we had already reached it. Um, yes, if you look at the current commitments, uh, yeah. so, you know, if we look at April, where <clears throat> there was uh, basically South Africa to submit comments on the new nationally determined contributions. Yeah. So these are basically non-binding national plans yeah. uh, to try and uh, commit to reducing uh, global temperatures. So, you know, based on these current commitments globally, we are actually heading towards a three degrees above pre-industrial temperatures. And yeah. so more needs to be done and it needs to be done quickly. So, um, you know, a lot of these commitments are basically being criticized because they're not including the entire life cycle of uh, the, the fossil fuel sector. So, for example, from extraction, which includes fracking, yeah. uh, there's a lot of methane that is um, emitted during that process. Yeah. And then also under-reporting methane emissions from extraction and from incidents and from accidents and explosions. Um, and then moving too slowly and then yeah. also being too reliant on carbon offsets. Yeah. So, in other words, you know, you want to pump out as much greenhouse gases as you can, thinking that you can offset it using these sort of uh, planting lots of trees or pumping it and storing it underground. And those are very, very expensive technologies. We yeah. don't actually have the land mass available to do that kind of offsetting. So, Avina, if we uh, look at uh, our own country, uh, what more can we do? Because ultimately... When we talk about this kind of thing, the citizen can do so much in their own world, but the best we can do is actually um, act as a much broader community with a much broader compact uh, against the likes of Shell, etc., in order to hopefully force them to change. Mm. Well, absolutely. I mean, if we look at uh, the the biggest polluters on the planet, uh, basically 55% of our greenhouse gas emissions comes from the energy sector. Yeah. And, you know, then your biggest polluting companies in the top uh, six, if you want to call it that, is BP is ranked number five and Shell is ranked six. Yeah. Um, and definitely uh, governments need to, you know, apart from having a lot of these strong policies, is that you may have policies that support uh, decarbonization. Yeah. But in reality, we are, for example, seeing a lot of um, new oil and gas developments and applications for them. Yeah. So what we're saying is that governments really need to step up and they need to look at the fact that oil and gas is in decline. Yeah. Uh, so the demand on the number of barrels, for example, um, will will decline over the next decade. So, it, you know, according to um, the, the, some of these large energy uh, agencies, mm. global agencies, the oil demand will decline from about 90 barrels a day um, to about 24 barrels by 2050. So does it really make sense to invest in all of that infrastructure 
which will lead to stranded assets. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, to, to basically redirect that investment into cleaner technologies. Avina Jacqueline Grandworks, Climate and Energy Campaign Manager, responding to the court case. The judge's verdict came out against Royal Dutch Shell, uh, ruling that the Shell company has to reduce its planet warming carbon emissions by 45% by 2030 from the 2019 levels.